You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. Another episode of Hashtag Thanks Twitter podcast coming at you. We're we're in the home stretch. <laughs> like in two weeks from today, I will be I will be in Vegas. We will, we will both be in Vegas. All four of us, me, you, free, Jay, will all be in Vegas and getting ready for the NFL draft. It's finally upon us. I feel like it's fucking taken. It always feels like it's taken forever and. I mean, at this point, everything's been everything's been done. Like teams, yeah, teams are in their in their bunkers. They're in their their, their meeting rooms. They're finalizing their draft board. Uh, you know, they may still meet with a couple of players and at the private. You know, the out of the thirty players they can fly in and meet with them privately. But for the most part, everything's done. We do have a big big pro day coming up on Friday for Drake London. And I think in terms of the, if the saints want this draft to go the way that's best for them, I think for Drake London, he needs to have a big pro day so that he gets drafted early and continues to maybe push quarterbacks and other receivers that they're probably maybe a little higher on. Um, but everything's the hay is in the barn. We are just waiting to see what the picks are going to be. Um, but something I was, I was thinking about watching this Pelicans game, um, against the Spurs, this play in game, watch first three quarters and then recording the podcast and watching them, like just seeing the smoothie King center or the blender, just, just frantic. The energy, the the oh. excitement. I was like, man. Like, and don't get me wrong, right? Like, go back to that that Halloween game against the Bucks. Tom Brady, like the Superdome, still can obviously have that same type of energy. But something about this Pels team is the rookies on this Pels team has really yeah. 
propelled them to another to another level. Um, they got Herb, Herb Jones, an excellent second round pick, like almost already an All NBA defender, excellent defender, um, does everything, and it just got me thinking like this draft for the Saints, like it is so. <laughs> It is so extremely crucial for them to hit on, like, they, they basically, this is what they've done. They are trusting that their scouting and Jeff Ireland is so good at their job that they're saying, we can draft a player at 16 and 19 that are rookies that are going to contribute to our team and immediately. Are gonna be, immediately, they're going to be good. And because of this, we're going to have them for four to five years on a cheap contract to control them and help get our cap situation in check. And they just – they have to get these picks right. I know in theoretically you can say that about most drafts, but for the Saints, this is the draft because they've already punted – to a degree on next year's first round pick. They're not going to have uh, a another they're not going to have a first round pick in 2023. So they're saying that the players that they have in their cloud right now is so lumped in together that they are going to feel comfortable who they pick and it's exciting and I see the vision a little clearer now, but it is petrifying if they don't get these picks <laughs> right, bro. And the most petrifying part is you just don't know. Like, we can hate the picks when they happen, but you don't know until the players get on the field, man. And not even then. Like, you got to let time pass. It could be another Pete Warner situation, bro. I remember yeah. me and you watched Pete Warner tape man. from Ohio State. <laughs> and I, we just, up, I said he wasn't going to make the roster. That's we, just, we just didn't see it, and we were completely wrong, right? And, it, and that happens when you have human scouting humans. Like sometimes you sometimes you hit you hit on it, and sometimes you don't. Um, but even it could be the opposite way, right? Like they yeah. can draft players that we love, right? And, and it'd be garbage. It's garbage. Like the probability of them drafting, like if let's say they they left the first round with Kenny Pickett and James Jamison Williams, bro, we'd be on cloud nine. Cloud nine, no. but. What if Jamison Williams' leg ain't never right? Uh, he hang at strip clubs every night. I'm just throwing just throwing something out there, Alabama. You know what I'm saying? You know he finally free in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? And Kenny Pickett is Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it could happen. Like I'm it can. Saying, like, it can, man. It can absolutely so, can. So, like, that's why I try to tell people, like, yeah, we we talk our shit. We like, we love our players. We, you know, we bang on the table with certain players. But man, the the whole thing I love about like just being a little draft nick and you know sideline scouting is we're not that much different from the scouts and the and the GMs and all that shit. I know people like to say, oh, well, they're professionals. They've been in the league for hundreds of you know decades and this and that. But still, once you break it down, the only difference is they have access to more information. That's it. But they also have more internal bias. Oh, you know, talk about because, because they, you know, they've been burnt by, you know, looking at these players before. Or they they all have biases, man. 
you know, and they have not only that, they have the jobs on the line. So, you know, that gives them even more implicit bias that, you know, that it's hard for them to hide. Like, whereas us, we just on the sideline. We ain't going to lose our job because we're not getting paid to do this shit. So we literally just looking at players and giving our opinion. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So that's why I just kind of love the whole process because you just – you're talking about humans trying to figure out humans, man. And you take all the information you can in and make the best decision. But we know you can look at every draft. You know, people have broken down like, you know, 50% of these dudes, man, they won't even be in the league in a couple of years, you know? So it's it's just, oof, it, it, is a, it is a very hit miss. It's, you know, like you said, man, it's frightening because they are, you know, walking a thin line by doing this because they could fuck around and have a, you know, a 2020 draft. Oh, oh and, boy. Where nobody contributed. I remember, I remember what they were saying. That draft, like, oh, we just got so many good players on the team. We just, we just drafting. You know, we we're not even drafting for need, man, because we're not even sure we got enough spaces to fill a roster. Like, oh, bro, that's just, that's just you talk shit, how, how cocky they were, bro. This is a cocky ass team, bro. That's all paid, though. That's all. Yeah, it was for, for sure. <laughs> um, it's funny though because we talked about. I remember the general consensus we had after that draft and we did a couple of like post draft episodes and we were just like, Ugh. <laughs> like that was our general feel about that draft. Like we weren't feeling it. Like when Reese, we were like, okay, well if he is like, okay. But like we, neither of us were fans of Zach Bond hugely we saw maybe some glimpses of adam troutman and then we had like fucking tommy stevens and it was, that was it bro that, that was, was it 20, that was it that was um i do wonder and this is something that we're not going to know but being that sean payton is gone and his alpha and very big ego which that i'm not i don't want that to come off as a negative like i think to be a head coach in any Oh, at, at that level, like you got to have fucking balls and you got to have some ego with you. But I wonder now that that do- dominant personality is no longer in the room, what that means for the draft room, good or bad. So, to, to right, some who point, rises up? Who rises like, up? You know, so you to, put to, you put ten men in a room, somebody's going to rise up. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it Jeff Ireland? Like, is he the dude calling the shots? I think you had tweeted out some some good points earlier this week. You you know, in terms of perfect example, running back. Sean always had an eye for running back. Like, it didn't didn't matter the round. It, you know, he got Alvin, Boston Scott. You know, Pierre Thomas was obviously an undrafted free agent, but Sean always kind of just had that eye just for running backs for whatever wherever it was, right? And like you tweeted, it's like. Like, who, who has that eye on team for running back now? Because, you know, right now it's just A.K. Mark Ingram and Tony Jones Jr., bro. No? Bro, it's nasty. It's like one of the, like, kind of most underrated holes in a, on a team right now. Even, like, even like Kamara, we expect him to miss some games. Even if not compared, Kamara not missing some games. Like, we've known the best Kamara is Kamara that's splitting reps. Right. You know, like, that's, that's when you get the best of them. So, I mean, you're going to split reps with Mark. I mean, I love Mark Ingram, but it's like, come on now. Like, we know he's at the end of his career. You know what I'm saying? Tony Jones, I don't want to see him no more. Like, I don't want to see Tony Jones Jr. no more. I'm good. Like, he should be, like, the fourth running back. You know what I'm saying? 
off, off and on the practice squad, you know, if you have <laughs> decimated by injuries, like, okay, you bring on Tony Jones Jr. But he shouldn't be, like, the guy next to AK. No, he, he shouldn't. And I think what the, the moves that the Saints have made in the offseason, besides they besides getting Andy Dalton back on quarterback, they brought in P JP Holtz. I don't know, man. Some some tight end from the Bears. I'm not sure. <laughs> Whatever. But besides those two players, and obviously bringing Jameis back, we were missed if I didn't mention that. There's really been no other upgrades on the offensive offensive side no. of the ball. There have not. All the all the right now, all the resources have gone into defense, right? We got yep. Marcus May, Jalil Johnson, um that um, safety that was with Tampa. Uh Evans, they brought back PJ Williams. All these things have been defensively. Now, at some point I would like them to bring Quan back at this like this point. Just bring just bring him back. Like it hey, makes no Quan, sense. Quan ain't getting no messages, no missed calls. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Like I, I did a search on Twitter just to like see, and it was just like Saints people saying like, "Oh man, where's Quan?" So he ain't getting no hollers. So it's funny too because one of my favorite draft days of of yesteryear, still a free agent, is Anthony Barr. Um, but wow. yeah, crazy. Isn't that crazy. Yeah, he should come and just like him and Zach Bond just do a Spider Man like. <laughs> Uh, there's no chance in hell DA would know how to use Anthony Barr. No, they have Anthony Ball special teams, man. <laughs> um, but I think those moves that they've made in free agency and moves they haven't made in free agency kind of indicates and shows you, I think, what their plan is in the draft. I think their their plan defensively, you know. Resign some guys, got to replace Marcus Williams, you know, bring some people back, bring some people on the, um, the interior of the defensive line. But I really think their plan going into this draft is to address offense and, and address it heavily. Now, how heavily yeah. is a different question. We heard from Tony this week. And if you ever – and I, the Tony the, – the show we record, recorded with Tony Pauline didn't do a lot of numbers. So if you didn't listen to that show – Go back and listen to it because, really? yeah, I mean, yeah, going by like, yeah, it was like in like the mid 700s, which is like low. Come on now. Come on now, Saints Twitter. We got Tony Paulino. I know he's not like the biggest name. You not don't hear him on ESPN or NFL Network. But let me tell you, this dude is like a grinder. You know what I'm saying? He's not sitting by his phone waiting for the info coming to him. Like, the dude goes out and get it. He gets the info. And the dude be accurate most of the times, man. Like, Michael, he was talking about Michael Thomas going to the Saints two months before it happened. It, it was crazy, bro. I, I'll never, I, mean, I remember used to reading his things, and, like, Tony just knew, bro. <laughs> Tony just knew. And that's why telling, I Mike Thomas going to the Saints. Like, he's just telling you. He's going to the Saints. You, if, if we go to, like, we could take some information we have from Tony just by – things he's tweeted or maybe whatever things he said on his shows and go to Vegas and make some money, bro. Like, that's, that's all right, Tony D, most of the time. So well, here's the thing. It, well, the, quickly, here's the thing with Tony is, since he's not like an Adam Schefter, 
you know, people like Lee, like everybody knew teams, you teams, agents, they all use Shuffle and, you know, rap sheet and all that. They use them to get information out. People like Tony, they're so kind of low key. They actually get the truth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like Tony, Tony might not talk to, you know, the GM, but he talks to like the assistant, to the assistant of the GM and, yep. and, and scout and the lead scout and this and that. So he gets the, the info that's of people that's not really trying to spend too much that's just talking football. Where, right. You know, you listen to somebody like, you know, Phil Yates or, oh. you know, I don't know, Adam Schefter or, you know, Peter, anybody. Peter Schrager. Peter Schrager. Those guys just get fed information on their text, you know, just to deliver it, just to get the spin going to, you know, put the team or the agent or the player in their best position, you know. Yeah. Well, well said. So if you didn't, if you're listening to this episode, if you didn't hear the episode we did with Tony Pauline, go go back and listen to it because there's a lot of really good draft Saints nuggets that's in that episode. But he's pretty much laid it out, right? The three positions that they want to potentially address with 16 and 19, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, maybe not in that specific order. And I really think that their offensive moves – off-season moves, excuse me, off-season off moves kind of really kind of shows you that's the case, right? Even the whole debacle with number 20, with uh, allegations 22s over there, that's the team telling you that as much as, you know, they brought Jameis back, but they were telling you that they wanted an upgrade over Jameis. We, I'm not talking about the, 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 the person, I'm just talking about the, the player and the talent their moves and their actions showed you that they wanted an upgrade over over James. They're screaming it like that's why I don't. What I don't get. I was talking to uh, somebody, you know, somebody that coaches the Saints <laughs> this week about it. Like they just like they don't get it either. Like what the hell? Like what are y'all watching? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the, team, the, the the literally the Saints are telling you they look at James Winston as a fine bridge quarterback. That's what they're telling you. That's what the money tells That's you. It. That's what the moves tells you. That's what they're telling you. I know a lot of people out there believe he's like a, you know, former number one overall pick that just needs the right weapons and the right time to become, you know, a franchise quarterback. But the teams don't believe that. Not just the Saints, but nobody else because he wouldn't have been sitting out there if he was. You know what I'm saying? For as long as he was, yeah. For as long as he was. So, and, and that's just not that's not me saying like oh well, James Winston gonna suck like he could very well have like a really good solid or even a great season you know we've seen it in the league happen you know he could have a great season and that would be like a great problem for the Saints like that'd be one of those good problems but just looking at the trend of history I mean you can only go off what you saw you know what I'm saying and they know James they had him in a room they know what he's been able to learn and not learn and execute and not execute. So, I mean, they just telling you, man. So, I mean, the, the Jameis sites, they just got to chill, man. Got to chill. And, and, and we are not Jameis haters. I'm not a Jameis hater. I, right. I said on this part plenty of times, like, hey, we should bring Jameis back. Like, that was, like, my number one option, you know, because that's, like, the best available options we have at the moment. But it's not like, okay, people like, man, Jameis – just bring James. We, we good. We James. We got James. Like we good. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> like, 
Like, what are you talking about, man? It's a it's a wild it's a wild thing to me that I don't even I don't even I think I've cleared out most of the people on Twitter that have come with me at that. Like I just blocked them so I don't get it as much anymore. But it's a very wild, wild little world they live in. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about something that you've talked you talked about on Twitter, we've talked about in our text messages and just this this whole thing about quarterbacks and drafting quarterbacks and where the state of the NFL is right now and drafting quarterbacks because we have, we have seen the pendulum swing. Like the fact that quarterbacks that like Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, those type of prospects that, you know, they don't have hot ceilings, man. Like they, they are who they are. Like they show you who they are in college. They're pretty much going to be the similar or same type of player in the NFL. Or you hope that you hope they are right. If you're right, then you're making a good pick and how that's just kind of become a devalued type of player, even at the quarterback position. And I don't, and I think the, I think the NFL is showing you it's, it's becoming devalued just in terms of where they get, where quarterbacks like that get drafted now, but also there's this sense that like fans think that unless you're Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like this, I gave an, an analogy to a friend today. Like all these fans and teams want twelve inches, right? Mm. That's what they want. But sometimes, like sometimes, six and seven inches can get the job done, bro. Like, like <laughs> you just say it. Like you're not gonna like the the Josh Allen's and Patrick Mahomes are in credit to Josh Allen because his accuracy was fucking terrible. Yeah. As a he, prospect, he, improved. he has greatly improved and he has shown that he is. He, I think you could say that Josh Allen is a, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say Josh Allen is a generational talent, but he's, he's, he's played at he's that level. Quarterback, man. Yes. He's an elite quarterback. Those players don't grow on trees. And so if you it's have the 1%, court, it's the 1%. Like, and it's like, if, if you're not this, if, 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 if I can't get that out of a quarterback in the NFL draft, I don't want it. He's not a first round pick. Get it out my face. And I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? It's, it, it's, it's, I mean, you can't build a team like that. It's one, you need a quarterback. And there's so many things that go into it. Like, sure, you could, you could sign a free agent quarterback, but free agent quarterbacks cost money. So now you got to compare to how much does a free agent quarterback cost? to what you could get in a draft where you could get hopefully equal production or better that would be much cheaper for four to five years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to weigh all that out. Um, everybody would love to just draft a quarterback and then potentially be, like, a top three quarterback. Everybody's looking for that. Everybody's looking for that. But those dudes, like, man, it's just – it's hard, man. Like, look at the list of quarterbacks that come out over the last 10 years and select the elite of that, of that group. It's the 1%, bro. It's like a tiny, tiny faction. It's, it's a sliver, man. It's a sliver, man. And the rest, you got you got guys that are, like, pretty good. You know, you got guys that are, um, you know, solid. You got guys that are average. And you got guys that are below average. And look. If it comes to getting to the Super Bowl, we've seen it. You know, we've seen great – look, Matthew Stafford. 
you know, he's always been a talented guy, but nobody ever looked at him as this top echelon quarterback with the, with the Lions for all those years, ever. You know, but he gets surrounded by the right talent, right coaching and all that stuff, and he plays well enough. Because even last year, like, he had some stinky games. He had a couple stinkers now. But he, yeah. he did enough. He did enough down the stretch to where, okay, he won the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So even with these quarterbacks where you think, like, oh, you know, they'll never be a top three quarterback. Man, if they, like, top 12, top 13, and you can build your team around them, man, you got a chance, bro. Got, got a chance. You got a chance. And that's, sometimes that's all you need is just a chance. Like, and I, I know quarterbacks say of Kirk Cousins' ilk get a lot of flack. And I understand it. I get it. I really do. Keep in mind, Kirk Cousins right now, and I think that's going to the point, Kirk Cousins right now is getting paid. Like, Kirk Cousins is a master bad getter. <laughs> Kirk has played the system well. Oh. But if you could get Kirk Cousins-like play in production for five years on a rookie contract, that allows you so much flexibility in terms of building your team, in terms of free agency, extensions, things like that. And we don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? I'm pretty sure the world and the NFL didn't know there's going to be a global pandemic that was going to shut down a league and there's going to be a flat uh, salary cap for basically about a year and a half, two seasons going. But with this new TV money that's set to kick in and mm. things continue to trend up, salary cap's going to get higher and higher and higher. We're already seeing what's happened with these quarterback contracts, wide receiver contracts. Like, it's going to get – it's going to get astronomical soon, bro. And I'm not, and this is not me saying that these, the players don't, don't deserve it. Like these are billion, these are billion dollar fucking corporations. They should get every fucking, fucking penny they can. Um, but we've talked about how hitting on a quarterback in the draft, especially, you know, if it's in the first round, the Saints draft quarterback, they hit on that player, whether it be Malik Willis, whether it be Kenny Pickett and that, even in, even you have the luxury of sitting that player for a year. Kenny Pickett is probably the most pro-ready quarterback to play right now, but you could potentially still sit him for a year. And you still have him for four seasons on a rookie contract that if he was drafted at 16th overall, bruh, you got Eric McCoy coming up. You got C.D. Deuce extension coming up. Maybe you can also afford to keep Marcus Davenport. Like, it just unlocks so much. That you yeah. can do. Exactly. <clears throat> Versus, you know, trading for a um damn a Garoppolo or you know, re-signing Jameis to, you know, 25 million a year, or you know what I'm saying? Like those things, those are the options you'll be handed. <clears throat> you know, so that's why I'm like. I know people just – some people are just allergic to the idea of taking a quarterback. Like, a lot, some people don't want to trade up. I understand it. Like, I, I get it. I get the trade-up scenario. For me, it's kind of like, well, what would it cost? Like, if you got to give up two, two, you know, your two firsts to move up, I wouldn't like that. But, you know, with this draft, you know, and uh, Peter King kind of talked about it, after talking, like, with Mickey Loomis, um, and there are some other people talking about it, like, 
it might not cost much to move up in this draft just the way the mm-hmm. draft is set up. You know, I'm not talking about like moving up to the top five, but like if you move it from like 16 to 11, you know, that might not that might not cost you much. I was you know, talking. So, I, I was talking with a friend, bro, today, and as as again, if you missed out on that Tony Pauline episode, you missed out on those Nuggets, but. One of the prime teams that want to trade that wants to trade down this draft are the Vikings at 12, right? Yep. They have basically they have Derek Stingley and Trick McDuffie kind of as their corners that they're that they're eyeing, right? And yep. they potentially feel that they could move down and draft Trent McDuffie from Washington and get him lower. And I was and just just spitballing, right? Let's say Malik or Kenny Pickett falls to 12 and the saints, you know, want to move up to 12 to secure from 16 to 12 and still keep 19. They want to go from 16 to 12 and still to go up and secure their quarterback of the future and get in one of those quarterbacks for a 16 to 12 would only probably cost you like a fourth round pick. Right. Like that is chump change, bro. Even if it's the third round, it's like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's right. not going to kill the team. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, th- but I don't even think in this draft it would cost a third rounder. I think it would nah. me cost like a fourth round pick for going from like 16 to 12. Which is now, if you're Pittsburgh going from 20 to 12, then you might, then you might be paying more. But I like it's. I think you perfectly said it's probably not going to cost a whole bunch to to trade up in this draft, like in in other drafts past. And you know, what I heard, you know, some people talking about it with the Saints is they're in a better position because they don't have that thirst for a quarterback breathing down their neck since they do have Jameis. They do have Jameis. They do have Andy Dalton. Whereas if they didn't – say they didn't bring back Jameis and, you know, say they sign, I don't know, uh, Marcus, Marcus Murray. Murray. Yeah, because then, then you're desperate. Now you're desperate. It's like, ooh, and they ooh. in a situation like last year, team, you're trying team, to move up. Teams can quarter. Teams, teams can like, no. Yeah, they're just like, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll give you this. Nope. And then you then you offering, like, you know, two firsts, this, you know what I'm saying? Then you just offering too much, and you're overpaying for a guy. Well, Saints, they're in a position now where they put themselves in a position to where, look, look, they got the ammo to move up a little bit if they want to, but if not, sit back. You got two picks in the first round in the top 20. You, I mean, according to Peter King, Mickey Loomis told him they have like two or three guys that they love that they're pretty sure is going to be there. So You know what I'm saying? So, like, so okay. I, I, I want to stick with that, right? So obviously you don't, they don't make, you don't make a trade like they did unless there's like, they just feel they're very comfortable in this cloud. Right. When you say that, when, when you hear that, Oh, it scares me. Well, that, yes, because that's also assuming that the players that they – the two players that they ha- have, all it takes is two teams just taking them a little earlier, bro. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, it's, it's that It's that that scares me, and it's also they just – we know they, they draft these players sometimes that we not even – you know, that people like having a second round or whatever. So – it's, it's just scares me that they have like two guys that's just like not even in the window that they just have rated more than anybody else, you know. And it scares me because it's just one of those things you're like, who? Like, <laughs> this again? 
Tate Turner. You know what I'm saying? Like something like that again. You know what's funny? You know what's funny about Peyton Turner is that I was looking at uh, Trayvon Walker's uh, mock mock draftable today. Oh, oh yeah, which which is crazy. The player he compares the most to mock droppable wise is fucking Peyton Turner. (laughs) Isn't that is that fucking hilarious? That is hilarious, bro. (laughs) And Trayvon Walker going top three in this draft, bro. Like it's gonna happen. Um. What are, when when you hear Mickey Woman say that to Peter King, what are the who are the two players that you think they are referencing? I think it's Penning. I think it's Kyle Hamilton. It it could be it's it's a safety. It could be Kyle Hamilton Hamilton or the Michigan kid. Uh Daxon Hill. Yeah, Daxon Hill. And I think it's um, I think it's one of the wide receivers. I can't. I think it's part of me feels like it's it's it's. I just, it's, it's a lot of James Williams. Williams smoke, man. We're on the Saints, bro. Like, I don't. I don't want to believe it. Like a part of me just. I look at. It, I'm like, I don't want to do that. No way they're gonna do that. <laughs> we we waited too long, bro. We've been so. <laughs> But there's a lot of smoke around that name, tons, the Saints, bro. Tons. Um, when I when I heard it, the the two players I thought of the most was I think that they and I and I said this after the trade happened. I think that they have a, a like a three wide receivers that mm-hmm. they will be extremely happy with at 19 or 16, right? Like I, I I think I think I think two of them is Jamison Williams and Chris Olave. Yeah. I think I think two of them are Chris like and I'm I can't say I'm hundred percent certain of that, but I just get the feeling that okay, so let's say Jamison Williams gets drafted a little early. Um the highest he, you know, he's probably maybe gonna go is ten. But if he doesn't go ten, I, I really think the only competition the Saints have in drafting him is if the Eagles want to dip their toe in the wide receiver thing again, or the Chargers. You know, that'll be that'll be. I would hate that, bro. Like Herbert with Keen Allen, uh, uh, Mike Williams, and a healthy Jameson Williams, bro. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> um, but I can see, I could, I could see them doing it because, like, now they have, like, at some point, Keen Allen's going to want to get paid. They I don't know, man. It's just it's it, that's a that's a best value type of pick, you know, that the Chargers can make. Also, bro, I can see the Chargers doing something like they had a terrible fucking run defense, and I can't stand him. But one thing Jordan Davis does do well is like yeah. he is a like a run stopping, like defensive tackle. Like that is one thing he does extremely well. Now, is that worth a pick at wherever the Chargers are picking? I don't know. But nah, if you, I, just, if, I don't think the coach values it. Yeah, it wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would be shocked. But I do think that the Saints have two to three wide receivers that they have in their cloud. And then, like you said, I do get the feeling that they think that a player that it may be expected to go higher falls in the draft and is going to fall in their lap. But it also brings the question of. You know they're you know they've been tied to quarterback quite a bit. They they don't need need one, but they kind of really need need one. 
would you be surprised? So let's say draft day comes and we're, we're live streaming. Malik Willis is on the board at 16. Kenny Pickett's on the board at 16. And Roger Goodell does not call their name. Would you be, would you be surprised? No, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Would not be surprised at all. Wouldn't be surprised that 16 will be, if they still there at 19, I'd be kind of surprised, but not blown away. <laughs> I'd just be like, this sights, man. Like, <laughs> these dudes. But, man, like, the quarterback, where the quarterbacks get drafted, man, like, I, man, it, it is really fascinating because we, nobody knows. Nobody, bro. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like I, I, the the biggest the biggest pressure point in this draft is that pick at six. Mm-hmm. That, that's that, that's going to mean so much. That's the pressure point in the draft because if and, and I think the question you have to ask is like, how much power does Matt Rule have in that building right now? Yeah, I doubt it's a lot. Almost a lot, bro. And if you have the GM, you know, if the GM has more power and the GM is, like, insisting that, no, like, yeah, we need a quarterback, but we're not super, super, you know, strong about him and we want to go off at the top because that's the better player, that that could change everything. But all it, all it takes is David Tepper, if he has fallen, if, if he has fallen in love with the quarterback and he's the yeah. owner he's, and he's invested all this money to buy – the Panthers and man, I was just thinking about a day of like just all the trades the Panthers have made. Like that Sam Donald trade was fucking terrible, and they immediately picked up his fifth year option after they traded for him. Dumb. Oh. That that CJ Henderson trade, terrible. terrible. That that Gilmore trade, bro, terrible. But <laughs> they have done terribly, and so I could see David Tepper saying, you know what. I need our fans need some good news. I love Malik Willis. I love Kenny Pickett. They're gonna be the fucking face of my franchise. We're drafting them at six. Don't care what any of y'all say, but that to me is pick six is gonna tell so much about what's gonna happen the rest of the draft. Yep. Yep, that's the domino, man. It is. It really and, is. You know, Seattle, we'll see. Uh, um, I, I just get the sense that I just before. don't see them. I don't, man. I see them going. They'll probably get Baker before the draft, during the draft, or something. But I mean, they took Russell Wilson what the third round, third round. You know, and that was with Matt Flynn on the team. You know what I'm saying? Like Pete, just Pete. uh, I mean, uh, Pete just seems like a guy that's just like, eh, you know, hell with a quarterback. We're gonna run the ball. This is good defense. Yes, you know. (laughs) I think he's worried about his defense. Yeah. If <laughs> would it be some dumb shit, they just they could have they could have just fucking drafted Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> they really could have, man. Um, but it this 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 whole thing about what's gonna happen is crucial. It's 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 crucial. I don't think I can Understate that enough. I did want to do a quick. Since we did a drop, we did a draft simulator. You know when the Saints had their 18th pick, 
I just want to do a quick two-round mock draft simulator real quick with pick 16 and 19 um, to see what happens. Just, just for curiosity's sake, got it going. The Jags go chalk. They go Aiden Hutchinson. The Lions go with Kayvon Thibodeau, which the NFL is just going to overthink him, man. Like, it's – it's mind-boggling to me. Like he, like he's so good, and he, he's gonna not go as high as he should go. But anyway, um, the Texans go Trayvon Walker. The Jets with the surprise of the draft, they went Kyle Hamilton. The Seahawks just went Malik Willis. The Commanders just went Jamison Williams. Um, the Vikings went Jordan Davis. The Lions did they trade from thirty-two to thirteen? I think the Lions traded from 32 to 13 to draft Garrett Wilson for whatever reason. Sure. Um, so, and then the pick before us, the Eagles drafted Matt Coriel. Interesting. So we're at, we have picked 16. Now there's some interesting names on the board at 16. We have Jermaine Johnson, who's probably, I know this is a Matt, a, a simulator, He's probably going, like, top five, top six of the draft. He's the edge rusher from Florida State. Have not watched much of him, but he's there at 16 for us. We also have Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, that's on the board. And we also have Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh on the board, as well as Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. So, we're, we're again, we have, we're co-GMs. What are you thinking at pick 16 with these players on the board? Man, you know, I, I I just, this is what we think the Saints would do. This is what, if if we were running the Saints. What the Saints Saints would do. If the Saints were, if this was the Saints would do, Jermaine Johnson would be a Saint. (laughs) Like, (laughs) bro, like. I don't think it's even a debate. If he, if he's there. Like, come on, man. Don't think it's a debate, bro. Don't think it's a debate at all. They'd be trying to trade Marcus Davenport that day. <laughs> yeah, to like recoup like a second round pick or something, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, they'd be oh. trying to get him out of there that day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's easy for me. I don't know much about him, but I, I don't know what his, you know, I don't know if his, his exact measurables or whatever, but. That would be easy for me. Like that's what the Saints would do. Me, I'd probably go pinning. Interesting. I'd go first. Just, just to lock it up, man. Like big offensive line, believe it, bro. I go ahead, get pinning up. I like him. Lock that. He can play right or left. Let's go. Okay, so so you're you're on the clock. Give give me what what are we doing? What do you mean? Well, for which pick? The 16. Wait, which one? Uh, let's go Jermaine, man. All right. Jermaine Johnson locking it up. At 19, at 19, we have still on the board, Trevor Penning, Kenny Pickett, Chris Olave. The commanders, Now, so the Saints would never do this trade, but I think they should. The commanders are basically off wanting to get pick 19. 
they give us our their second round pick at pick 47 and their next year's first round pick. Ooh, I'll take that. <laughs> the the possibility of having the commander's first round pick next year, bro. Give me that. Give me that shit now. We we gonna accept it, bro. We gonna we gonna trade down. Yeah, man. <laughs> they took Kenny Pickett. <laughs> the Steelers mm-hmm. draft. The Steelers drafted Chris Olave. Of course, of course. Of course, they would. So we got basically pick forty-seven and pick forty-nine. So two second round picks. All offense from here, baby. Don't have no quarterback. Let's see. So we have we're up at pick 47. Jahan Dotson is on the board. Mm. Wide receiver, Penn State. Also, let's see who else is on the board. Wide receiver rise. George Pickens is on the board as well. Mm, that's my dude. Give me. Right. Gonna go George Pickens. Wide receiver Georgia. Right. All right. Already back on the clock. Pick 49. Pick 49. Got some tight ends on the board. We got Trey, uh, Trey McBride on the board. Um Oh, Desmond Riddler is on the board. Ooh. Oh, can't do it, bro. Any running backs? Uh, Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, is on the board. Give me. That's it, bro. We so in this mock draft, <laughs> we. This would be a very Saints draft, bro. <laughs> it would be, man. I'd be, I'd, I'd be okay with it. So, in this draft, J- Jermaine Johnson, who again is probably going to go top six, that at at most top eight in this upcoming draft, Ed Rusher from Florida State, it's just going to happen. He's going to get drafted top eight. He had he happened to fall to sixteen, and if you know this team. If you if there's a player that falls, especially oh. like an edge rusher, oh, oh an athletic freak of an edge rusher, <laughs> he he'll be a saint. And then at oh. pick 19, because of the Washington Commanders offering us next year's first, I I, I don't like next year's quarterback draft class, but to get your the commanders are not a good team. They're just not, and they got Carson Wentz too. Oh boy, that's gonna be a like, so we're betting in, in this mock draft, we're essentially betting on Washington's in, uh being an inept organization that will net the Saints a top five, top six draft pick. In Bro, you you you'll be picking ahead of the Eagles. <laughs> With the pick they got next year from us. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that wild? So in, in this draft, we got an edge rusher that we didn't expect to be there. We did get a wide receiver, George Pickens from Georgia. We got the the however you want to grade him, the 
top best running back or second best running back in the draft of Kenneth Walker, the third from Michigan State. Um, it, it does some things. It, it addresses the need in wide receiver. It addresses need running back. But also, thank you. And if, and hypothetically, if the draft played out like this with Jermaine Johnson following, I think you made the great point is that you're calling up as soon as he is drafted, you are calling up teams saying, Hey, uh, Marcus Davenport, uh, what would you give me for him? Like, <laughs> I mean, he's using you know, some of last year's deal. You get that money off your books, <laughs> and then that potentially could free you up to sign like. Teron Matthew and just kind of go from yeah. like it, it it opens a lot of possibilities. Um, but that's the thing about the draft. Like it makes it exciting because all it takes is a player slipping. It's all it takes, man, is just a player just that doesn't go where you know the consensus thinks that he should go, and it just throws everything in, in whack. I will say one thing, I will be very shocked. I would be very shocked if the if the Saints did not draft a wide receiver with one of their first two rounds. Well, me too. I, I that would shock me. That would shock me more if they didn't draft. Like if a quarterback fell to them, and they didn't like them not drafting a wide receiver would completely shock me. Well, we know they're not going to trade down. So no, 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 no. <laughs> Still that out the window. Um, I've I've watched you know pretty much all as as many players that I'm I'm going to watch. I, I think I'm pretty much watched out. I might watch might watch some Daxton Hill just you know because I can see him. I, I don't I don't I don't know him as a player, but obviously I know that safety is a is a need for the Saints. And if he's there, I could you know maybe see him drafting him. So I might watch a little of him. But but I will, I will say as, as as far as safety, you know. It's funny, it used to be a joke, like, you know, can he play safety? Can he play safety? It used to be a joke, but, like, bro, this, this team has been good at finding safeties, man, like, the last well, couple of years. I mean, let's let's talk. One of the things, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the Jeff Ireland experience in terms of, you know, just his, his drafting trend since he, he's been helping with the draft room, is he has, especially since he's left Miami, he has developed a knack for drafting damn good secondary players. Yeah. It is, it is his thing. It is his Lattimore, Paulson Adivo, CeeDee Deuce, Marcus Williams, Von Bell. Like, he has an eye. And obviously, it's not just him, right? It's, it's also the scouting, whatever. But he has an affinity for drafting a damn, like good secondary players. Um, and it's, it's going to be needed in this draft. Like, you know, there's still some holes in the secondary in terms of like Marcus Williams being gone. I know they brought in Marcus May, but are you just going to really roll out Marcus May and PJ Williams and hope that that's going to be enough? Like, uh, I, I don't know, but I do think they will draft some more secondary players in this draft. Plus you have, Ma- you know, Malcolm Jenkins retiring. So, it's a it's it's a low key need that and they're not and they're not scared to start secondary players their first year. No, seen not it, at all. Seen it with Adebo, seen it with Marcus Williams, seen it with uh, Cedar Deuce, to Avon Bell, like Kenny Kenny Picaro. Like they've done it. You know what I'm saying? Like they yes, 
Like they're not scared to take a third round safety and start him if he's showing at all. Showing up the gap, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so like you know, that's definitely if they do. I think they're going to go mostly offense, but if they do go defense, you know, I think it'll definitely be a safety or a cornerback. I'll ask you this because I I've watched enough of him, um, and I know how I feel about him. It is interesting hearing Greg Cosell talk about him, but but what do you, what do you think of Jordan Davis? Uh, no, I, I heard Cosell talk about him. I didn't watch a ton of him, but what I did watch, I I do think he probably has more pass rush than he's shown, but. I think he's gonna be a good player, man. But I just i i can't i can't see him going early because, like, when you go early, bro, you got to affect you got to affect the passer, man. Got you got to affect the passer. And he's a clog, bro. Like, I think he's gonna be a good defensive player, man. But all that athletic shit, like, who was that? Who was that D that DT that ran like a crazy four? Four six or four seven years ago, can't remember his name. Big dude, can't remember his name, but he's something like that, man. Like, yeah, he's an athlete, but man, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was about to say Walter Thomas. <laughs> no, not Walter. But at the end of the day, I think that's gonna be him. He's gonna be a good defensive player, but man, listen, I, hard pass in the first round at least. Yeah, I, I agree because I, I just don't think he. He doesn't bring you the he doesn't bring you the positional value that you want in a first rounder. That's just like when Greg when Greg told me that like but told everybody that like he rarely played third down on passing down. Told me everything I needed to know, bro. I was just like, what? Like the the, the coaches at Georgia are telling you. Yes. T, what, what do we always say, bro? Teams will will tell you what what they think of players. Right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Um, even though he blew up the combine uh, and everything, and it just it's just, it's gonna be a no for me. Um, anyway, we wanted to get this podcast out there, talk about talk about the draft and everything, and it's just it's 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 soon, man. It's soon. We don't you know maybe there might be some more news that kind of comes out between then. I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, Baker Mayfield situation gets gets resolved prior prior to the draft, but we're almost there, and it's it's, it's a little scary, bro. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little scary, but it's also fun. And at the end of the day, we go we gonna be drunk and and having ourselves a good time, regardless. So enjoy these next couple of weeks uh, if you're. A Saints fan and a Pels fan for sure enjoy this. I'm very, very excited for Pelican fans tonight. I'm good to see them, you know, get to have a good time and hopefully that can continue um, on Friday when they play the Clippers. But we will be back next week. We'll be talking more about the draft, if anything happens. I do have something hopefully in store next week. Really talk about like like the numbers and the draft profiles that have caught the Saints eye and that they drafted over the years. So hopefully that project will be done this weekend so we can talk about it next week. But until then, we're going to get out of here. We're out.
Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.